I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Like hormones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hormones are hard. They they can be when they are not what they should be or they are what they should be but not in a balanced way. You just got your blood tests done. Have the results shown up yet? No, they haven't shown up yet, but I did this on purpose. And I remember this happening in the spring, and I remember this happening last fall as well, where I felt like some of the symptoms I was having were that my hormones were not right. Now, last fall, I remember they came back in like 800s or something, which was fine. Mm -hmm. And about that time when I got them back, I was settling down or something. So I don't know, you know, um, spring and fall are bigger changes to me than summer and winter. That would be the sprinkler. Oh, fuck. You're going to have to stop. There's a dog. There is a dog. There's another dog. Yes, there's a dog and another dog, but one of them's more dog-like than the other, and it's not ours. <laughs> no, it's not. So. We still have dog EC, but we have been fostering another dog, which you have been wanting to do for a while. Yes, because then I can give it back. <laughs> I don't have to pay the vet bills or whatever. Right. And I'm not ready for another dog. I still miss Doggy B. I'm not ready for another dog. You never will be. <laughs> I never will. You're you're correct. I like other people's pets. I don't mind fostering pets because we do get to give them back. I wouldn't mind doing more fostering for a while. I think it's it's nice because usually it is a dog with more energy than ours who can play and take a walk and stuff like that. And so that's good. Yes. So we have Bob the dog here who may be making jingly sounds at you. He has jingle bells. He has jingle bells on his collar. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Bob's a dog all day. <laughs> this is what it's usually like, folks. You married a music teacher. Yeah, she just makes things up. I do. I used to have a colleague who had a t-shirt that said, I make stuff up, and he wore it teaching kindergarten, and it was kind of great. But I make stuff up too, but I don't sing it. Thank and you. You're welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. I'm sorry, that sounded mean. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, they I'm, I'm be glad, glad you're aware of that. I am very aware of it. Your voice has gotten better, though, since you've been on hormones. Like, you're you're better able to match, which I find a lot of people do. Being a vocal coach, yes, I find a lot of people who, once they are able to make a voice that sounds like what the voice in their head sounds like, then... Or what they think the voice in their head should sound like, because now the voice in my head sounds different than the other voice did. Right. At least the one that... The self-identified voice pre-transition... Yes. ...is and... different from the one that you now have and is more fitting. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, before their voice fits, can't carry a tune in a bucket. Or outside of a bucket, probably. But once their voice fits, they, they get more comfortable with the listening to their own voice that has to happen in order to make a match with their voice to the other sounds around them. I find it enjoyable to hear myself when I'm singing. I'm like, oh, this is great. I like that. Yay. Probably it's good. I'm just in the car by myself, but you know. It's okay. I'm good. You're better at matching. Yeah. You said that you've noticed that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I will start humming or singing or something quietly. 
So those hormones are having good effect on your voice and they're having kind of up and down effects on other things. Yes. And I hadn't determined if it was, you know, we, we move, there's a lot of stuff to do and there's been a lot of stuff to do. And so there's been less recreation and exercise beyond putting stuff where it needs to go. How many times have you been to the gym in the past month? Once. And that was the other day. That's more than me. Yes. I'm sure it is. I decided it was finally time to get to Tai Chi mm -hmm. and get moving. So anyhow. Yes. So we've had a hard time keeping our metabolism up and keeping our respective bodies in the kind of shape that will help our mental health and relational stability. Yes. Because we could probably do it anyway, but you have to give up something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still haven't found the pizza cutter. No, we haven't. Some helpful person put it away for us. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. It's been over a month now and we still haven't. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of things terribly out of place. We just have things that just don't have places to go to yet or haven't discovered their places because it's a new layout. But in any case, you have to give something up. It's, do I want these boxes unpacked or do I want to try to get to the gym? And so there's just a choice to make, just like with and so, parenting or anything else that we have on our agenda. Right. When you have a full plate and you need to make room for something else, you have to figure out what you want to give up. And right now, we don't have any dessert left to give up. No. So we have to give up something useful or responsible or... I think that's all. Useful and responsible is all we have right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. I'm sorry. That's okay. It'll change. It will. I hope. It uh, will. <laughs> we will make a change. But combine that with the fact that, you know, with the changing seasons. that That's a question of mine. It's occurred to me that these these times have been spring and fall. These that, times that you've that struggled. That I've struggled with. Is this a hormone problem? I am very agitated and more emotional than I am comfortable with, and it seems unreasonable. Yes, and this has happened the past few weeks, maybe month, month and a half. It's gotten worse over the last three weeks, maybe four. Okay. And, and then, then I decided to go ahead and, and get lab work done. Yes. Which is not back. Not back. So last fall, I was like mid 800 or something, and everybody's different. So that means nothing to anyone except me. You were in the 800s as with regards to your T levels on your blood work. Yes. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. No problem. That's what you do. It is. You have to. It's my job. Yes. And then in the spring, I was only in the like high 600s, which was low. And I was very agitated. But again, it started to even out. And at that time, I had decided to use the Andractum to see if I would get any growth out of it. Uh, I don't even know what the point is. I think I'd rather be careful and not worry about losing my hair. But at this <laughs> point, at this point, right. at this point, but because I was thinking of using Nandrectum, I didn't want to raise my dose of uh, testosterone to try to raise my levels. Right. Because there is a, an amount of testosterone you are then applying to your body. And it can have a change, a additive effect with the injected testosterone. Right. So... I don't know. We have to see. We have to see. But see, then my hormones have been off too for a couple months now. And they've been on and off for a couple of years now. Right. Because I have always had the hormones from hell. I had early puberty and I would end up 
for most of my teens with PMS that literally made me sick to my stomach. I could not eat because the hormones were interfering with my digestion. They can do that. Mine regularly were doing that. Yes. And all through my early adulthood, I was like stupidly fertile. I had a pill baby and a shot baby and even a condom baby. So there's, there's you know, no stopping you. God, I wish there was. <laughs> that's I'm, why, I'm that's done why, with this. That's why you picked me. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> you can't get me pregnant. Yes. It's helpful. It is. Mm -hmm. But now for the past year, year and a half, my cycles have been like ranging wildly in monthly duration. Like one month it's 24 days and the next it's 32. And along with that goes your PMS. Which... It's not nice. No, it's not. I don't get angry. I don't get irritable in the same way that a lot of people do. I get down on myself, like easily depressed and insecure and absolutely certain that everything I do is totally failure-tastic. And mm. why the hell do you even love me because I'm such a horrible person? Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. And and you try to pretend that's not happening. Because I know cognitively that... It's, that it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm not a horrible person. You love me because you love me. I don't know. I still can't quite figure that out. But you don't hate me for being a horrible person. No, and you're not doing everything wrong. I'm not doing everything wrong. You're probably not doing almost anything wrong. I can see, you know, rationally, I can put on the pointy ears and say, this is what's happening. I know that this emotional response is not rational. It's not logical. It has no basis in reality. But when the hormones hit, sort of like when you were getting hit with menopause, like, it just totally overwhelms my ability to rationally perceive this emotional situation. As far as I can recall, it o overwhelms abilities in general. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. And would you say that because you describe your start of hormonal awareness and experience when you were a young person having these hormones, uh, as you said, hormones from hell, meaning as unpleasant as it can get, Yes. Um, would you say that you expected this type of result as you got older, that there would be other problems when you got on the other side of... Uh... I really did not expect that in middle age, I don't know if I am approaching menopause or if I'm starting to have some of the problems that a lot of my mother's side of the family had problems with their hormones leading to feminine cancers, breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, endometrial cancer. But for all of my awareness of them and their experiences with hormones from hell, I didn't see any of the emotionality being different as they aged. Right. And your cycle was different when we started hanging out because I had the short cycle. I had exactly like the 28-day cycle exactly every You'd time for years and years and years. did, and Until... I had like a 31-day cycle pretty steady every month, like 31 and a half. Right. And mine got 
uh, wonky, as you often describe things. Yes. When I got whooping cough and they didn't realize it was whooping cough, so they gave me hormones and that messed with my thyroid just enough to like make a big mess of everything and, and give so me like a, a two-week cycle. And You then, did have the crazy two-week cycle at first, yeah. Because I'm a parent, I ended up for the first time successfully going to the gynecologist because <laughs> Elaborate I needed Elaborate on the first time successfully because successfully. there were other attempts. There were other attempts. This was not something as a trans person that I was running off to do. But because it's something you are supposed to do, I did try earlier in my life to go to the gynecologist. In what, like your late 30s, maybe? Yeah, late 30s. I went to a clinic, like a women's clinic in San Francisco, and I got there and they're like, we can't pry that open. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to have to try to do something with it to make it cooperate with us. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if I can do that. Sorry. I don't think it does. And so you, at that time, being a butch, lesbian identified person thinking, this is what I'm supposed to do, but my stuff doesn't work that way. You just sort of dismissed the idea and said, well, I guess... Because their suggestions were to get that thing used to getting opened up, and I was not down for that. No. So it wasn't just dismissing it. It was absolutely, no, I'm not doing it that way. You know, maybe we'll try this some other point when I come up with another idea or a different doctor or something. You ain't putting nothing in there to open it up. Nothing needed to go in or out as far as I was concerned, ever. Fair enough. But the doctor needed to get in a few years back. Well, because I was having the two-week cycle, which, you know, ended up being caused by a thyroid problem caused by steroids. Right. I had to go in and make it stop. And actually, it wasn't them that made it stop. It was the kinesiologist that said, hey, this is your thyroid. Let's try these. Thyroid support supplements. Yes. And they worked. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I had gone to the gynecologist. Yes. And she was able to make things work. She got the baby speculum, which horrifies me. There is such a thing. I think that's just a horrible thing that there exists a baby speculum. But I understand that, you know, if something goes wrong, even developmentally for a child, it needs to be able to be examined. Right. And what she told me last time I saw her, because... I saw her after I started transition because I was having problems, which had to do with my hormones adjusting and not being balanced. And so yes. as they went up and down, I started getting infections. Yes, your internal microbiome was off balance because your weekly shot cycle was throwing all of those hormones out of balance. And then they tried to throw themselves into balance because I didn't have enough testosterone to keep them in that balance. And the yo-yo effect gave me infections. And so I, I went back to her. And that was the opportunity I had to say to her, hey, I'm transitioning. And she was great. So I'm hoping that she's available and and such, because it has been now three years. And so I need to go back to her, which has been something on my mind probably for the last year. Yes. I was going to need to go back. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay? But I'm not nervous about that because she's a really good doctor. And when I did say, hey, I'm transitioning, her, her curiosity was piqued. You know, she was like, oh, well, yay, I get to do something new. This is different. Okay, then. You know, so she was all down for it. And then nothing really happened after that because, you know, my endocrinologist wasn't like, and I, I think some people's doctors are. My impression is some people's doctors are insistent on doing things one way or another because doctors often are insistent. They're those type of people. Mm -hmm. They'll say, oh, no, you're transitioning. You need a hysterectomy or whatever. You know, they might 
decide these things without knowing if you really do or not. Right. And and today, some people do, some people don't. And then some people don't because it's not so accessible for them, even if they have insurance. Right. They don't get a hysterectomy, even though they would prefer to. Some people don't because they just don't need to. Mm-hmm. And they'd rather not have another surgery if they don't need to. I think it can be worrisome for some folks that if they take everything out, then they are entirely reliant on the hormones they get from the pharmacy. Yes. And then, of course, they think of things like, you know, zombies were taking over and and such, how would I get my hormones? Well, you know, you'd have to worry more about the people who didn't get their mental health meds. That's just my opinion. But that's because your profession, because because it's my profession. And because I'm one of those people, I know that I'd be worse off either way, you know? Yes. So as as your as your wife, I I agree, the world would be a worse off place. (laughs) Yes, you know it. As Neil deGrasse Tyson says, this is just not going to happen. So never mind, unless we do it to ourselves. There's no the, the like, zombie apocalypse. There's no disaster going to be happening, and you know, right? There might be murder, but the <laughs> dog is licking. Dog is licking. So, so I have to take this consideration, and in the meantime, the whole year I've been encouraging you to talk to your doctor about your hormones because you do have insurance. However. If you don't have a record of this hormone stuff and your cycle, actual cycle, being a problem for you. Right. Not just the hormones, because they don't care about that. They'll just try to give you hormones. Mm-hmm. I know this. Mm. You won't be able to get things taken out because you won't have enough of a record. Right. So at this point, it could be a race of who's going to get their gonads out first, you or me. Are you going to need yours out? Well, I, I don't think so, unless I start having some sort of problem. Right. And because I'm not great at surgery, I would just not bother with it. Right. But it may be a race to see who gets to the doctor first, because neither of us are in any hurry to get there. I know a, a lesbian who said once that... She would go to the gynecologist every day if she never had to go to the dentist again. So that tells you there was a lot of root canals going on. Most of the rest of the population is not going to trade anybody and take the gynecologist. So, You know, the gynecologist really doesn't bother me. Actually, I get my OBGYN care. I get my reproductive care from our family doctor. She is a DO and she is uh, practiced in all aspects of family medicine and she delivers babies and she does... She's the last one who saw me in stirrups. Yes. So. But you waited a long time in between two, so. I did. But the thing is, she won't do that for me, even if I wanted her to, which I prefer to keep the gynecologist I have because she's right been very cool about the transition stuff so far. But our doctor mm-hmm. sends me to the endocrinologist for my hormones and would prefer, because I am in transition, to have me go to each person separately. Yes. So she would prefer that I keep the... Keep all your different specialists as specialists. Yeah, keep the specialists. So I can talk to the doctor about that. But first, I will have to call and make an appointment. And this has been something that when I originally thought about this, which was when I first started transition, it wasn't a big deal yet. I just still looked like a very butch dyke. And I talked to her about this and she was cool with it. I thought, okay, well, you know, when I come back, I just come back. And, you know, I've heard all the different things of 
people feeling uncomfortable in the waiting room and such. And I'm sure that could be a problem. And then I thought of solutions to that, like bring my wife with me. Or lately I thought, well, I could have my wife call because people do, as we've noticed, people do respond very differently to a male or female voice on the phone. So if you call in, hi, I'm George and I need to schedule an appointment with Dr. Gyno. Yeah, I thought I could have you call, but, you know, it could just be more interesting if I call myself and see what happens. <laughs> that does sound like fun. Yeah, I think I might just for the adventure of it. So we could tell everybody, hey, here's what we did. Yeah. But I think I would go ahead and call them and say, look, I'm transgender and I am a patient of Dr. Gynos. Uh-huh. And I would like to make an appointment to see her. Precisely. Not one of the... Not the MAs. Not one of the very excellent MAs, because I have seen them, but because I would like to talk to her. Because she has instructed you. Well, because she's the doctor there in charge, and she is aware of my transition, Mm -hmm. and aware that there will be needs involving her. So if there was a surgery, she would be the doctor. Yes. And she would be the one making these kind of decisions. Right. So I think there's enough... Thank you, Kate, and other various people out there in the world making this an aware subject. There's enough awareness of transgender that it's not likely I'm going to call and they are going to say, what? Because people are just not doing that. And my experience in our town has not been that. So it's not likely. But if they did, I would talk to the microphone about it. Oh, yeah. That's so what there. we do, baby. So there. And, you know, find a solution. That's what you do. I, I love that about I you. I still might have you come with. Because yes. I think it would be helpful to have you with, I think it's often helpful when you're going to the doctor for something that's not just, oh, I have a cold or hemorrhoids, for instance. <laughs> um, You've had hemorrhoids. You still have hemorrhoids. I, I can't believe. I do, but that's that's not our topic. The fact is it, they don't go away once you have them. I've no. probably said that before. So they're not bothersome at this point. But anyway. As much as they could be, but that's not the point. The point is... When you're going to the doctor for something that could be that you're not going to remember everything, it could be more helpful to have somebody with you. And then it could be helpful to have you there in the waiting room. So that you don't look like a single guy going into the gyno's office. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that would be a total problem or not. I'd just probably watch everybody's reactions. You would. But it could be helpful to have you with in case we had questions for the doctor or she had questions for us. Right. Because you're good at that kind of stuff. Because I make words. Yeah, you do, and you have interest in making words. So, there. And you don't. And I love you. I, I try to have interest in making words. You you make a very good effort, and I really appreciate it, and I'm sure so do a lot of our friends. Well, they, At least they, that's what they tell us. They have told us that, and I'm glad, because I just have the introvert problem. It's not that I don't like words in general. It's that I don't like speaking them to most people. <laughs> so. You don't think in words, and so oftentimes it is difficult for you to come up with the right ones. And it takes time, effort, and energy, in addition to the time, effort, and energy involved in socializing as an introvert. Yeah. And before I had a special needs child that was extra, super mega extroverted, mm-hmm. I could put some energy into these other ventures, but I spend most of it on that, and that's where it's supposed to be spent. I'm parenting the... Nobody gets kids because they're easy. 
Darn it. Sorry. Well, in any case, some people's kids seem some easier. Some people's kids but, are easy. But that's, but... Not, that's not our topic no. either. <laughs> so when you call the gynecologist's office, we will talk about it. Yes. And when we get your blood work back to figure out whether your emotional ups and downs are a hormonal thing or just a seasonal thing, we will talk about it. And when we figure out how to deal with each other being hormonal, we will probably talk about it. <laughs> When you go talk to your doctor, you can talk about it. I think, you know, that will be an interesting topic as well. Okay. So is that it? Uh, that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! He's licking air. He's licking air. And here's me taking the quietest breath I possibly can so that we can get three seconds of silence before my high. But I don't do that because I don't know what you're doing when you're being quiet. I don't know what's happening there, so... That's okay. Do you want to start it over? No, this might make a fun outtake if we don't find any better ones. I hope we find some better ones. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Humming or singing or something, quietly. Yes. Do you remember what we were talking about? Hormones. Yes, we were. Yes, which is why I was trying to bring it back around to hormones by way of your voice. Okay. What's, I don't know what's going on with my voice here. That's weird. Um, it's your hormones. It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>